Okay, so hello everyone. Uh, welcome to the episode three on connecting with uh, Ghana Habits. Uh, my name is Sam Lee, and now and I'm the founder of Connect with Confidence, and I'm doing interviewing. So welcome, Ganas. How have you been? Good, fine, all good. Thanks for being on the show. <laughs> Sorry, what did you say? <laughs> Thanks for being on the show. Oh yeah, no worries. Thanks for coming to um, experience the, the interview. So, um, how was your weekend? What did you do? So that was a weekend uh, where I went to south, the south coast, to go to Huskisson to explore a nice place with great weather. That was a good one. Ah, that's great. So you went down, we went south? Yes, by oh. train and then staying with friends. So that was very good. Enjoyed that. Yeah, it's good. It's always good to get away from work, uh, to have a, have a getaway. And was it kind of like a road trip kind of thing? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. The first time since the lockdown to go really far out. Haven't been uh, out about beforehand. Mm, yes, it, actually, yesterday was a very, a very good weather for going out to uh, experience. Uh, yeah, the nature. <laughs> so uh, yeah, so tell, tell me about about yourself, Anna. Yeah, happy to do. So then, I'm in Australia for four years. I came 2016 after a corporate redundancy that I had in Europe. Uh, before and I've been in my home country in Switzerland. I've been working in Germany, Czech Republic, all over the place. Mm -hmm. And um, I explored Australia and New Zealand uh, four years ago and decided the lifestyle here suits very well. And then I came over and started working in different roles and positions, always related to the IT and uh, in partnership sales. Right, that's a good nutshell. Also, did you say you mentioned you're from Switzerland? Yes. Oh, okay, <laughs> that was the that was the question I was going to ask you. Like, where are you from? Yeah. <laughs> you got yeah, the, uh, moved over from from my Swiss home in Zurich. Yeah, yeah, it's because because yeah, I was curious where you're from, but you but you've got kind of like a European accent, in a way. <laughs> yeah, sorry, but we'll never get rid of it. Yeah. So how's Switzerland over there? I heard I heard it's a pretty nice place over there. Like everything's very, uh, like not political, they're very neutral in a lot of politics politics in a way. Yeah, I mean, Switzerland is kind of an island within the European Union, a very beautiful place with all of the uh, mountains and all the lakes, uh, lots of things to do. Um, the people here are more open in Australia, I must say, and also New Zealand. So it's a bit of a difference. Mm. Yeah, like uh, I would like to travel to Switzerland sometime. It, looks, it sounds pretty good. And yeah, I just heard a lot of stories about the banks in Switzerland, people banking in uh, Switzerland and things like that. Why is that? Do you, do you, what's the reason why um, a lot of people talk about Switzerland and banks? Well, the, initially, uh, the banking and insurance sector, they grew quite a lot, uh, in particular over the last uh, 60, 70 years, and it kept itself quite isolated um, without uh, the need to be integrated too much into the European business. And that was good. That kept a unique place. Also, Switzerland is one of the very few places in the world where you can rent land for a conference to declare this as neutral so that, that two different type of people or countries representatives can then meet over there on a neutral place. Mm, that's great, that's great. And is, do Switzerland have their own uh, language or is, do you speak a bit of English as well? well? Let's say we have about six languages. Oh, six languages, wow. Officially, officially it's four, it's German, 
majority, then French, Italian, and then we have our own language, Retoromanic, which is in some of the mountains on the eastern side. Um, many people also understand and speak High German, which is different from Swiss German, oh. and then English as a business language. English as a business language. Yeah, wow. not as an official one, but at least in, in business, of course, you can speak it. Wow, that's very good. So you learned your English through in Australia and in your four oh, years? In, in, no, in school and then later in New Zealand 20 years ago and then, of course, fine tuned it over here. Oh, okay. So, oh, yeah. so you went in New Zealand first then you went to Sydney. Hmm. So how are you, how you uh, being into Australia, Sydney? How you, how you, how, what are your thoughts of Sydney? Yeah, I really, really like to be here. Particularly Sydney is a nice place. Uh, when you see behind me, the Opera House is, of course, a beautiful <laughs> area. To look at, uh, I came to Sydney on a cruise ship in, yep. in better times, so to say, when that was rather normal to to have uh, ships that go into circular key. That was my first visit uh, during a vacation. Mm -hmm. And then later I came for two months to study at the Australian Institute of Management. Yeah, cool. That was a good one. There were a couple of courses regards to uh, networking, for example. Awesome. And when I met with people from all walk of life, instead of just those uh, in the same business what I've had before all of my life. Mm. Interesting. Yeah, I like your photo actually. Did you take it yourself or you? <laughs> yes, so that's mine, but it's not at the moment. So it was uh, last week earlier. Yeah, that's very good. I like the Opera House. Uh, yeah, it's always a good iconic figure in that's Australia. So oh yeah, so you so you went to the college, studied for two months. That did you say two years or two months? Two months. Two months. Uh, I've setting some courses at the Australian Institute of Management, which is. Uh, very well regarded uh, institution mm -hmm. and later I put the yep. learning into praxis to obtain my advanced diploma of leadership and management. Okay and you mentioned about you studied about networking. Yeah part of part of the curriculum was all about networking and that's when I came to Sydney without knowing anyone I realized that uh, networking being open uh, not necessarily to talk too much about myself but being open and a curious listener helps to find out how it is to live here, to work here, um, to engage with others, to learn about the country. And that was very, very important topic. Mm. That's great. I like your insight because uh, basically what I do is, uh, especially people who just recently come to Australia, I teach them uh, effective networking skills so they can build better rapport with uh, their counterparts. So their business, how to build better, like how to socialize better with clients, uh, their partners, associates, and whoever they're uh, related to. And as well as, yeah, fitting, fitting in into the culture and basically building a huge network. And yeah, I guess uh, when I heard about your name, like I've heard your name from everywhere. <laughs> like I got, I've met some people already and then they talked about you, they interviewed you. So yeah, why not influence, uh, why not uh, interview you? Because uh, I heard a lot about you. It's really about how you made it through your journey. How do you, how did you get your name out there? And yeah, like I'm very curious about who you are. So I interviewed you. So I know you're a very great man, like great person of influence. So yeah, I'm really happy to yeah have a talk with you and yeah see how it goes. And it seems that you're very uh, yeah easy to network with, easy to network with. So which is good. <laughs> so yeah, I actually also enjoy to attend networking events. I mean, there was not too much of the last three months logically, but beforehand. There were a couple of possibilities. Uh, for example, I attended uh, a range of meetup groups back then when I came for my study time. But I continue doing so. I run my own meetup events as well. Mm -hmm. So that, that's one way how to get uh, very close to uh, to learn more about the place and about the people. Um, I went to 
um, other networking events. Uh, for example, the Australian Institute of Management had the attempt to do the largest ever worldwide networking event. They had people from the Guinness Book of Records to test and find out and count the people. It was just below the world records. We didn't make it, but it was a great approach to get into speed networking. Out of this one, I built a huge range of relationships over the time, which I can now use. Interesting, interesting. That's great. Yeah, so sorry, interesting insight. So, well, so actually, what do you actually like doing? What's your, what do you like to do outside of work? Like, uh, what's your hobbies and uh, things like that? So, I'm, I'm a passionate traveler. So, I like to, to travel. So, in the nearly four years in Australia, we have seen a lot of it. Not, we've been in every state, but not in every place, of course. There's so much to see. I heard when you would like to see every beach in the whole Australia, mm. one beach per day, then you have 27 years to do so. It's so <laughs> much to see. So the traveling is for surely one of them. Um, writing is another one. So I also contributed to a couple of books since I'm here and published my own books earlier in, uh, in Germany as well. So writing is a big part of it as well, yeah. That's great. You're a fellow author because uh, yeah. Yeah, I wrote two books as well. So. Uh, and I'm in the near future, probably number one, and that's it. Because <laughs> writing is easy. So, how many books have you published so far? Uh, it's, it's July now, it's 20, and number 21 comes out in August. Wow, nice. And what, what do you write about? Um, 18 of them are tour guide books, like Lonely Planet, but from different publishers in Germany. Yep. So, um, tour guide books, travel books around uh, either capturing parts of the world or Europe where I'm. Uh, a co-author, uh, or most of them are just my books, like like a Lonely Planet type of a tour guide book covering countries like my home in Switzerland or uh, Czech Republic, Germany, places of Europe, cities of there. I've mm. been a traveler ever since, so mm. then I had the chance to write about it and research in detail. That's great. So you like, so you say you like writing, you like uh, traveling. So have you traveled the world? Yeah, a part of it, a uh, small part of it, 62 countries I counted recently. <laughs> 62, wow. So how it's, less than a, it's less than a third, so it's not that much. Less but at least it was a nice variety. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's good to travel. Like If I had the opportunity, I would travel younger so I can like enjoy the energy, enjoy the vibe. So it's, it's really different when you, like, when you mature and you, you don't have that young uh, energy, like that adrenaline in you when you travel to. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Just do good, just do good. So yeah, like I just recently started traveling as well. So before I was like just, because I'm going to Hong Kong, um, I just travel from Sydney to Hong Kong, Sydney to Hong Kong. <laughs> That's pretty much uh, what I do. But now like, I, like, I just like, okay, I'm getting a little bit more bored of Hong Kong, but uh, it's time to travel to other places. So yeah, hopefully I'll get to travel to Europe because I've been traveling to a lot of Asian countries. Um, have you been to Asia a lot, uh, Kano? Yeah, not too much. Uh, surely Australia and New Zealand a uh, couple of times. Uh, some of the islands uh, like Norfolk or Vanuatu uh, as well. And um, Thailand, Bhutan, Japan, Hong Kong. There's mm. a lot of room for more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally, totally. And how, how frequent do you travel? Like just a, just a picture of COVID now, how, how much do you travel per year? So then when you normally, when you take out the COVID normally per year, I would go maybe 
every every second month somewhere, at least here in Australia. Every second month. Yeah, for sure. When it comes to going to flying to Melbourne, Brisbane, uh, uh, Adelaide, Perth, and then I would, from an overseas point of view, when I've been living in Europe, in Switzerland, traveling was more easy. You you sit and uh, at 5 p.m. you talk about to a friend who said, let's go for dinner. Uh, where we go? We go to Austria. Then you drive to Austria. Okay, we've had dinner. Where we go for, for a dessert? Oh, we can go to Germany. So yeah. then that was normal to travel more countries. Here it's not that obvious and not that easy. You need to plan it more. So then there uh, need to be good plans. But there's a couple of countries uh, where I haven't been, particularly in, in Asia Pacific, mm -hmm. uh, so that it would make sense to go there. Mm. And one of the most far away destinations where I would love to go one day would be Pitcairn Island. Pitcairn Island. Pitcairn, very far out. Because when, since we've been to Norfolk Island, which is uh, oh. closer to New Zealand than to Australia, then yeah. when you learn about the story of the mutineers of the, uh, the bounty, yeah. then you realize that Pitcairn is the initial place where they went, and that is uh, much more east. Mm. But it's hard to get there. Mm, that's great. So, so you like sightseeing in general, right? Like you like uh, you like going to like heritage sites or like places with a nice view. Is that is that are you that kind of person? Yeah, indeed. So I like the uh, the architecture, particularly from from a historical point of view. So then, therefore, when I went to Tasmania, of course, I went to places like like Richmond, for example. And Ross and so on. So those places which uh, which built the heritage of Australia. Sydney is the oldest city uh, that, that we have in Australia. So there's so many of historical um, heritage sites, and that's what I like to see a lot. But when you when you travel across the country, particularly on the coastline, go to a Great Ocean Road, for example, then the, the stunning views, of course, they're great. Yeah, I've been there. It's actually very nice, especially for a drive, like the higher car and this drive for the Right, so I like I like actually like driving to scenic places because it's very good. Just yes, and for the fact that I've been driving in Europe by car everywhere every day, I'm happy that I'm a walker here in Sydney. I can take public transport, no need to have a car when when I'm working in the CBD and living opposite of it. So then going by ferry is just awesome. So I would hire a car for a trip, but normally I chose not to own one. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's great. That's great. So, what, what would you say is your best, the best place you've visited, like the best country you've visited so far? So, my favorite would be Bhutan, Bhutan. in the Himalayas. Himalayas. Oh, okay. Why that? For sure, Bhutan, because it's a world in its own without visible globalization. And um, we, as tourists, we are just spectators, which are allowed, but it works by itself. And oh. it counts as the most happy place on earth. Oh, really? Mm, Bhutan is it's a very very nice place to go. Mm. So, so the people there are very friendly. The locals are very friendly, and also it looks like it might have looked 100 years ago. Um, maybe a few cars you see here and there, but it's very much natural. Mm. Wow, interesting. That's great. That's great. Cool, cool, cool. All right. So it's great. You get to know you a bit more. I know you like traveling. You like riding. That's very good. And it's really all about experiences um, throughout your life. It's great. It sounds like you, uh, like, yeah, living the life through working and then traveling, which is good. So um, tell me a bit about your, uh, your current business, uh, Gunnar. Yeah, so I, I am in, in the IT business. So I've spent 
lot of time in different IT providers, typically on either hardware or software side. So now I'm in social media management software at Hootsuite. Hootsuite is a Canadian software vendor and actually the leading social media management software, mm -hmm. which has been founded in 2008 at the time of the GFC actually. Okay. So these type of difficult periods can often lead into the creation and foundation of great companies. And that is the case with Hootsuite. I joined in the pandemic in April yeah. and I'm looking after partnerships with Hootsuite. So I'm working with companies like Adobe uh, yeah. and others to combine their solutions with our leading social media management platform. Mm. That's great. So um, what's your role? Like what's your, what, what do you, um, what's your make? Yeah. I'm, I'm related into the, sale, uh, into the sales um, department, so to say, but it's partnerships, so I don't sell directly, but I build partnerships with alliances. I talk to companies like LinkedIn uh, or Google or um, Facebook and, and the likes. Mm, that's great. Yeah, it's just booming like the digital industry. Like it's just, everyone's using social media. And then, yeah, to, to gain profit, like the clients is just, you know, everywhere, very, very abundant in uh, social media. Yeah, and what, what we learned from it also uh, since the pandemic started, uh, statistic from at least from the US, that about 62% of all US people are consuming their news out of social media, not out of the regular ways like newspapers. Mm. And that is good. Mm. That shows already that social media is here to stay. So it, from a strategic point of view, it's important. But of course, uh, it needs to be managed well. It's mm. not just posting something and that's it. Yeah, very sure. And the social media also has a very important role in society to get discussions uh, running very well. Mm. Yeah, totally. Like, um, yeah, it's just like what you said, it's very true. It's not just about posting, you need to make it engaging, uh, you, need, you, need, you need to be getting a lot of views. So it's just really about the attention that you get. Um, device, so it's very good. So, in that sense, I am blogging on LinkedIn every Monday about the topic social selling, which is actually turning conversations that happening on social media turning into close business. Interesting, that's great. So, have you so you've been IT, you have an IT background, right? Yeah, I'm a software developer by trade. Okay, that's great. Software is great money. <laughs> Actually, that's what I thought back then as well. But of course, when you when you think someone who uh, grew up more as a shy, introvert person like myself back then, yeah. it was obvious you would like to hide yourself behind a monitor to program. It's more like individualist back then. Mm -hmm. But in the meantime, software development is part of teams. Mm -hmm. uh, you don't do everything by yourself. Mm -hmm. It changed a lot. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's great. And you, you mentioned you just started a long ago, like three months and a bit before? Yeah. And what, uh, what were you doing beforehand? Like what, what roles? Beforehand, I've been one and a half years at a software vendor called Noggin. Noggin is the English word for the head and that is software for risk management and emergency management. Mm. To be used for bushfires and for COVID-19 so that organizations can manage their risk and their disruptions accordingly based on the regulations uh, that they have to uh, comply with, but also that they have certain plans for business continuity when something happening uh, like like now or like the bushfire season that they know what to do that they have every information at the fingertip and decisions can decide faster and manage their risk smarter that's great nice it's very nice to be knowing uh, what you're doing 
and yeah, so I heard you had a um, side hustle um, kind of business kind of thing. Uh, yeah, exactly. So what I'm doing on, or have been doing all the way uh, in my IT career was the, the travel writing. Travel writing. Uh, for me, an interesting point that I could take my passion for traveling and my writing uh, to put it together. But of course, these days, there's not that many tour guides books which are written. Mm-hmm. So then I moved from, from that uh, further into, into blogging and I'm blogging about sales leadership topics. I'm also at the Institute of Managers and Leaders, which is the membership arm of uh, what used to be the Australian Institute of Management. So I have a couple of activities over there. I'm mentoring the next generation of leaders. So that all is coming together and I do a little bit of consulting uh, when it comes to social selling as well. Mm-hmm. Cool. Let me know if you need any help. <laughs> Actually, like very, uh, yeah, it's good to get into those. Uh, yeah, those top notch things. So, yeah, so you mentioned that you are an introvert. And I'm very curious because I actually teach people like they're shy, they're nervous, they're introverted, and they lack confidence when it comes to connecting with people. And I see that you're very different in a way. Like you're an introvert, but then your, your skills, like your talking skills, your communication skills are pretty good. So, what's the secret behind that? Yeah, the interesting thing, in school, I've been rather a shy and quiet person. Yeah. Um, with the exception of subjects like in mathematics, where talking never counted for anything. But yeah. otherwise, I've been more, more shy, not so sure what to say, if it really counts. So the others may have been better around me. And it took me quite a while uh, to get to some, to get the motivation for public speaking course, because that's the time when I moved into politics. Um, because as soon as you can are able to vote, I thought it might be interesting to find out how the whole political system worked. And I became, um, let's say, yeah, I had, I had a role to write about it for a political party when I've been young, that was good. But then I moved into, they elected me as, as their local head for the council area back then. So then I had to learn how to speak, mm. which needed some kind of uh, confidence what I had to gain. At the same time, it was the university time, I also um, started to use my travel passion to, um, to escort tourists from Hamburg in Germany to London, to Venice, to Prague, to Amsterdam, to Rome, uh, to many places. And then working as a tour guide, I learned to use the microphone. Mm-hmm. And that was, for me, the big approach to get a role where people apparently, so my clients apparently saw that the tour operator has chosen me as someone who knows the place. London was my first city to talk about, and I knew London quite well. So therefore, they gave me also this type of pre-trust, which normally I thought as an introvert, I first need to earn by myself. But I had this role as a tour guide that helped me to overcome the fear of getting to the microphone and speak in front of them. Mm. So apparently, as I knew London in a certain way, and I could teach them, teach the people where to go, where to go shopping, where to go for, for good food, then they had the feeling, I know what I'm talking about. And that helped me to get out of this negative spiral of always being a shy person and not, I didn't feel confident to talk. That was a good point. Mm, that's good. <clears throat> so I guess you just got put on the spot when you, uh, when you were doing the job. <laughs> yeah, the only thing, how the really trigger 
that was a very funny one. Uh, after three, um, let's say, um, small trips on the weekend uh, on learning on it from someone, then I thought let's also do five days just to explore the place more, but not in charge, just only to be there. Mm -hmm. to learn how it is with checking in in hotels in English order this one. But the tour operator decided, apparently, there will be no other guide, it will be me. And they told me the day before, so I couldn't go, couldn't go back anymore. So then that was really dropping into the water. And so instead of learning just the weekend, then I have been in charge of a whole week of touristic programs with them. And that was good. And later, I think two years after this, I took over a destination management for one city, which was Prague in Czech Republic at that time Czechoslovakia and that uh, I've been managing this for many many years mm. that helped me in getting close to build relationships with local suppliers learn the language learn different type of negotiation cultures and that was a very good start of being more active and more curious in the people to learn from them mm. that's great that's very inspiring like what you what you said like I really like to hear about stories that that change like yourself from being and confident to the confident you. And that's how, uh, what I do, I like just kind of just help them in like fast track to, from that lack of confidence in communicating with people to confidence in a way. So yeah, but, and then the second last question is, um, what are some tips and hints that you can recommend to, to viewers uh, on how you can build rapport with people? Like how can you build positive relationships with people? So one of the tips for me is to, have to be curious in the other person yeah. and not to assume knowing an answer for what they are saying. So if you would tell me a challenge on your book writing, the, the traditional um, stereotype male part of me would immediately suggest you something. You do this, you do this, but I don't know your circumstances. So I should rather open the a good active listener that helps to build a report and not necessarily already come with conclusions because mm -hmm. that makes no sense. Mm -hmm. I can build a report in order to be close to people. I can share my stories, what helped me, but it doesn't mean it would help you immediately as well. So that's what many people believe when they go to a networking event, they talk to someone, they say, oh yeah, I heard this already. Oh, that's how you do this and you must do this. But if somebody has a problem and is ready to share, which is the first going out of some situation, they don't need to have very fast solution which might not fit as well. So the best way is rather to take it slowly, follow up with people, what most people don't do when you go to a networking event, connect properly with them, also with social media, and then put some kind of notes there. So for example, when I go to an event, I always have business cards with me. I write on the other side what, what we discussed. So that then I can follow up accordingly. Hmm. And sometimes this can take a month until I find a kind of a good input for a person that they would like to have. Great. So thanks for the tips. So one of it is uh, be curious and as well as uh, yeah, active listening in a way. So yeah, those are, those two traits are very important. Like to be curious about the person. Otherwise, if you're not curious, like. You don't, you don't want to connect with the person, right? Uh, and at the same time, like, if you're not listening to their stories, like, it's just like, it's just like, yeah, you're not really want to uh, listen to this person 
at all. So it's really about the skills, skill sets. And another one was when you go to a network event and you you might meet a person that you know, or maybe not even, but you meet new people. One other element is to introduce them to each other. Mm -hmm. Go on. That, 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 that helped not only that I could go on, but it helps to find out how others are talking or mm. others are adding their experience on it. Of course, you need to find people who you think it could potentially work together. Yeah, yeah, that's actually a good one as well. Like, just promotes like you're very open uh, to networking and you're a friendly person, but you just want to help people to engage better inside the networking event. That's very good. Cool. Thanks for the hints and tips, uh, Gunnar. And last of all, this, how do we find out, how, how do we find out more about you? Your business, yourself, are you on social media? I'm on, uh, on particular on LinkedIn, but also Facebook, Instagram, always with my same name. Gunnar is my first name. Habit's like my last name, which is, uh, I think, rather unique. But yeah. um, And actually, the first name is from Sweden, mm. and the last name is from Morocco. So then it's a very unique combination. Yeah. Um, so then also, I have my own website, gunnarhabits.com.au. Mm -hmm. You can add it into the notes for the interview. So then by that, you will find it uh, as well. And there I have my, my blogging topics on it and my books. All right, cool. Viewers, you know how to get to Ghana. Uh, later on, I'll be sharing uh, his information, like his, how you can find him, his LinkedIn, his Facebook, his website. And yeah, I hope you enjoyed this uh, interview, Ghana. And yeah, you're going to have a, what's, what's your plans uh, this week? Oh, I will. Uh, I will start reading one of the next books. I'm writing uh, book reviews every now and then, every month or so, yeah. uh, to go into into the learning of books from other authors, mm -hmm. and that's very interesting. Mostly business-related books, like sales and marketing-related. Mm. Oh, yeah! I remember you dropped me a LinkedIn message to send you my book. That would be great. And uh, now I'm. Um, looking into one book which is combining sales and marketing mm. from, from an author called Peter Strokok. He's here already for quite, mm. quite a while. Uh, he came from Germany and uh, uh, he has an updated uh, version of his book and that's very good. Looking forward to learn how sales and marketing can work better together. Mm. Sounds good. Okay, cool. Well, that draws the end of this interview. Uh, thanks for like again, thanks for coming. Uh, I had a good time with you. And yeah, I'll put this on uh, my YouTube channel as well as uh, the social media outlets that I have. Uh, so yeah, have a nice day, Gunnar, and I look forward to seeing you in the future. Thanks, thanks very much for inviting me, and looking forward also to reading your book. Okay, all right, thanks, Gunnar. Have a good one. Thank you. Bye.